Welcome, everybody, to the GAR Capital Top 10 Stocks of 2021 podcast. My name is Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while since we've uh, talked on the podcast. Again, trying to find more subjects to talk about since we do the morning notes and videos on YouTube. So again, uh, this is kind of a tradition every year. We do our top 10 stocks every single year. We kind of send it out right before the new year to get you guys prepped. Uh, quick disclaimer, obviously not all these stocks may fit your risk profile or your risk tolerance. So again, do your own research, make sure they fit your investment plan and uh, set up so you make sure you know what you're doing at the end of the day. Uh, do your research on these 10 if you like. If there's something other than the stocks that you like, again, you don't have to agree with us. You don't have to like any of it. If you do, great. Uh, again, when it comes to investing, especially with these names, you got to understand you need to be a long-term investor as always. Yes, they're the top 10 stocks of 2021. We expect growth from these names for the year. But again, it's better to be a long-term investor than just trading in and out of names when you see volatility. Again, investing and trading, two different things. So make sure you keep that in mind. So again, very important that you understand the disclaimer. I don't want you guys just to go all in with the rent money on any of these names and then you're screwed. So make sure as always have your uh, personal finance in order before you do any kind of investing. Make sure these names or make sure any stocks or companies fit your profile before you do any single thing. So always be doing your research. Very, very important. All right, so 2020, 2020 excuse me, let's kind of go back to 2020. What a year, right? A lot has happened. We had an all-time high in February, and then, of course, the COVID pandemic hit. We fell in March and April, bottom hit around 2280 on the S&P, and then we hit new all-time highs again. So, uh, again, it's all about patience, guys. Even through a pandemic, here we are. So a couple of things that I want to go over before we go over the top 10 stocks of 2021 if you want to see a visual of the top 10 stocks of 2021, make sure to check out our Twitter at GAR Capital or at our Instagram at GAR Capital. Feel free to take a look at that. You can go ahead and save it for you like. If you want to save it, uh, you can, you can just hold down the button on your phone, the touch screen, and it saves it. Or you could do a screenshot. Same thing. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Okay, so here's kind of the, the thesis on why I chose what I did. So big shout out to Anthony Acosta, our CIO of uh, GAR Capital. I went over with him these 10 names. We both had our own names. We both agreed. And then here we are. We do this every year. So first thing I want to talk about here when it comes to the top 10 stocks is that if you notice when you see them, really focused on growth. Growth is very, very important, especially in this environment. So again, with interest rates very low and uh, from the Federal Reserve, again, for at least the next three years. So that'll be about 2023, 2024. Again, you're seeing that more of a move into growth rather than dividends, rather than income, you know, savings and cash. Again, you kind of want to go with the growth names uh, to outpace inflation if inflation does tend to rise, which it usually does with low interest rates. It's just a matter of time. So again, you want to outpace inflation by uh, having growth names. But again, with growth brings in more risk. So volatility in these names are going to happen. And I will let you know which ones will have the higher volatility than others. It's just the name of the game. You can't just expect everything to go shoot up one, one straight green candle to the moon. It doesn't work that way. So you're going to have some peaks and valleys. You're going to have it as you go. So again, a uh, perfect example last year, our best performer in 2019, 2020, excuse me, was Tesla. Uh, and then second was Roku. Again, these names had a lot of volatility in the year of 2020. So again, if you have the patience and you understand why you're getting into these names, you need to have an explanation. You need to have the thesis on why. And just a heads up, all these names I do own, except for one, actually two of them. And on Monday, market open, I will be purchasing them for the portfolio. I'll let the investment club know. Uh, but again, these these names that we do, we do own these. Again, we eat the home cooking. I would not recommend a name or a company to someone or anyone that I personally would not invest in. That's just the way I do things. And that's how we do the company. So again, I just can't recommend something that I personally wouldn't consume or, or go ahead and actually invest in myself. It just wouldn't work that way. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. So the GAR Capital Top 10 Stocks of 2021, funny enough, one of them isn't even a stock. I know it's kind of weird, but again, it doesn't roll off the tongue if I say very well, if I say Top 10 Ideas of 2021. I think top 10 stocks will keep it that way. 2020, we had gold was one of our top 10. 
and it did very well. Um, if I go back to on my computer as I'm in front of it, uh, if I can find uh, exactly the file of the top 10 of 2020, if I wait for it to bring up here, wait for it to load. Okay, waiting for it to load here. I uh, just wanted to go over gold and why we invested in it. Again, it's not a stock, but we did recommend GLD, which was uh, the gold ETF. And that did work for us. So again, it did very well. I'm just waiting for it to see exactly what was the what was the uh, actual return. And of course, Microsoft Excel, which I have it loaded, is taking a while. So GLD for the past year of 2020, as of December 19th, before the holidays, uh, was at 22.68%, which outpaced the S&P that same period. Uh, S&P, as of December, uh, December 19, 2020, was at 14.81%. So again, uh, even we had some growth names. We had one that was a dividend grower income and it, and it actually didn't do very well, but the yield is great, which was AT&T. So the biggest return last year was Tesla. As of December 19th was at 718% and Roku at 148% as of December 19th. That was the 2020 names. So again, gold was on there and that's not a stock. So again, there is a precedent of why we did what we did. So uh, let's go ahead and go with number one of the, uh, again, these are not in any particular order, which I like the most or what have you. It's just the 10. So here is the first one of the top 10 stocks of 2021. Number one is a Bitcoin, a good old Bitcoin, right? We've been saying it for a while. So again, the thesis that I've said uh, about a couple of months ago was before the election was Bitcoin, blunts, and betting. That was the thesis, that things are changing in the political landscape. So Bitcoin being one of them with more spending for stimulus, the dollar getting weaker, Bitcoin is now the new alternative or has been for a while, the alternative to gold. And people say it's digital gold or it can be used for utility, meaning for paying for things, which you can absolutely peer to peer. You can send Bitcoin to wherever you want with an address. And again, there's utility there. There's absolutely some growth there, obviously. The question is, why is it growing? Why? So again, let's break down Bitcoin here. The utility aspect is number one. Utility, again, you can use Bitcoin to purchase goods and services just like you would with dollars, which is USD uh, or any fiat currency. It's not like it can't be done. It can. If you have enough Bitcoin to buy a home, you could buy a home with Bitcoin. They could either trans transfer it into US dollars, fiat, or they just go Bitcoin to Bitcoin. And they're very low transaction fees for that, depending on who you use. So again, there is utility with it. The second thing is that it's a bet against the US dollar. Again, most times we use, look at Bitcoin, we price it against what exactly? The US dollar. We price it against the US dollar. Again, it's right now, I believe I can get the correct price is at 26,811. Now keep in mind, we hit an all time high earlier today of about 28,000 or so, if I can get the correct number here. Uh, today, mind you, is Sunday, December 27th. So we hit broken all-time high of around 28,365, came back down a little bit, now we're at 26,875, which is pretty amazing, mind you, <laughs> to go from there. So I'm gonna kind of break down exactly the price and how it moved as well. So again, 26,915 currently, that's how we price Bitcoin. That's how we look at it in the prism of US dollars versus Bitcoin. If you're a Forex trader, you kind of look at dollar yen, same thing. So again, it usually goes as BTC slash USD. Now, that's how Bitcoin is. It's now a hedge against the US dollar. So if the dollar does go down in value, which is has since uh, the Federal Reserve has come into power since the, the turn of the century, the 1900s, uh, 1917, I believe. So again, we got off the gold standard in the 70s. So now the dollar is backed by nothing. Does that mean that the US dollar is worthless? No, of course not. It isn't worthless. Is it worth less, worth space less? Yes, worth less, worth less than you would, than it was when you were born, 80s, 70s. You know, look at the, the actual things you could get with $20 that you could do now. For my, mind you, again, that's all inflation. So again, the US dollar is unlimited supply. Printing, computer, you name it, you can be done. Bitcoin, there we don't have that. We don't have that. Again, there's a scarcity, an implied scarcity, like gold has. Again, gold only has a finite amount on Earth. It's a rare metal. Again, Bitcoin is a rare crypto. Again, it's only so much you can make. Again, that's what the scarcity brings. Again, how you price things or assets is always based on two simple facts: supply and demand. If you have a lot of supply, low demand, prices are going to go down. 
if there is very low supply and high demand in anything in life, guys, prices go up. I don't care if that's basketball cards, Pokemon cards, collectible cars, coins, um, anything. Uh, sneakers, uh, mind you, they, you know, low supply. We know that, you know, you, know, you get special Michael Jordan shoes or what have you, or, or Kanye West shoes, and they've only made a certain amount. The demand's up. The prices are going to go up. If you don't see what I'm talking about, check, take a look at StockX, which is a website that sells uh, dead stock shoes, shoes that are not in stock. You can't find those anywhere. Uh, so again, as demand goes up, prices go up. That's what we're having with Bitcoin. Again, we only have a finite number. Again, only so much available. You have the halving, which less supply comes out and the demand goes up with the dollar weakening. There's your price increase. So again, if you're asking me what is my price target for Bitcoin for 2021, it will be by the end of the year, in my opinion, 50,000 per coin. Is Will there be some volatility? Of course, Bitcoin is very volatile. That's without to be said. But 50,000 is my price target for the year. The way I do it personally, I buy Bitcoin every week. Every Thursday, I buy a certain amount. I dollar cost average it and I let it go like that. And again, it's an automatic investment I do every week into Bitcoin. And I don't care if the price goes up or down. It still does it automatically for me. Again, it's an asset class I want to have in my portfolio for the long term. And I just want to accumulate, as people say, or the Bitcoiners say, Satoshis. I want to stack sats. So again, we are bullish on Bitcoin. We Again, it's a hedge against, it's a bet against the U.S. dollar with more spending and stimulus. And of course, the finite supply of Bitcoin. So there you go, Bitcoin being the first one on our list. Number two, and this may be a little little weird, and people may not have heard this one. Um, it's Blink. Blink charging. Blink charging, and the ticker is BLNK. Uh, BLNK. Now again, you may say, "Whoa, Carlos, have I have I looked at this stock in the last year, uh, 52 weeks? It's up 2,500 percent." You're probably thinking to yourself, "Carlos, why am I chasing this name?" Well, again, just because. You could have said the same thing with Bitcoin. You could have said the same thing with Amazon. You could have said the same thing with Apple. Again, if it goes higher, people will say it's chasing. But at the end of the day, guys, it's a company that's valuable into an industry that is growing. What is the industry I'm talking about? It is electric vehicles, EV. Now, people said the same thing about Tesla last year. And look how Tesla operated. Now, again, you do have two mitigating factors with Tesla and then another one with Blink. Another one is short interest. There's a 24% short float in Blink. So again, it's a name that people may want to short. Again, as it goes up, a lot of short sellers, a lot of sharks out there. And then you have those who want to go ahead and buy some more. Again, the only thing that Blink will have against them is the fact that they could always add more stock, which would dilute the price. Again, we talked about supply and demand. So again, as a company now, Instead of borrowing cash, what you can do as a company, let's say, for example, for Blink, they can go ahead and add more shares outstanding to raise capital for operations. Now, you may say that's not a good thing. I think that's an actual good thing due to the fact that it's not it's debt free. It's debt free money. It's directly from the shareholders. Does it create some volatility within the parameters of the same week or the same month that it actually is uh, uh, set out Does actual shares? that were outstanding sent out or you know offered. Yes, of course, Tesla did this a couple of times, but they raised some cash. I'd rather than do that, they go to the bond market. Now the bond market does have lower rates depending on your credit worthiness. But again, I like the direct sale of, of stock because it shows that you can bring in more cash directly from shareholders without raising debt. Now again, this is an aggressive name. Again, Blink Charging Company, formerly Car Charging Group, is an owner and operator, a provider of electric vehicle charging equipment and networked EV charging services. With more electric vehicles out there in the market, especially in the United States, we are seeing this trend going to electric vehicles, Tesla being the bellwether. But again, you have GM, you have Ford, you have Toyota, all these names that do hybrids and they do electric. Now you're getting pushed more into electric vehicles. Blink provides property owners, managers, and parking companies referred to as property partners with cloud-based services that enable remote monitoring and management of EV charging stations, payment processing, and EV drivers with station information. So again, this is a company that handles the charging locations, whether it's an apartment complex, whether it's a parking lot at a Disney or what, I don't know if they don't have a deal with Disney. It's an example where, you know, anywhere you park, 
and there's actual uh, charging stations. You need to charge a Tesla, you need to charge your Volt or anything like that, your Chevrolet Volt. This is the company that does it. Now, again, the only thing looking at the numbers here, income statement has tapered down a little bit in regards to their revenue, but it actually popped up from 2018 to 2019. Cash flow is a little down, but they are growing and they're a growing company. Uh, cash is down a little bit, but again, the stock is going up. Price of sales is very expensive, 356 times uh, times sales, not even times earnings. So an expensive name, as we know. But you have to really look at the bigger picture. This is more of a story of electric vehicles. Now you're probably asking, Carlos, why didn't you pick Tesla instead of Blink? Well, Tesla's still great. We own the stock. Of course we do. And we expect them to grow as well. But now that Tesla's part of the S&P 500, they have a bigger target on their back. Blink is still a small cap blend company, part of the NASDAQ that still has a little more upside room that may be capped on a Tesla, but Blink has a little more upside as it doesn't, it isn't beholden just to one electric car company. It's beholden to all of them. So again, as the sector grows for electric vehicles, then Blink will grow with it. The Biden administration says that they want to add 500,000 new chargers uh, to new electric vehicle chargers to the market or to the United States within, I think, the next year or two. So again, Blink will definitely be the beneficiary of that. So again, I do like this in the electric vehicle field. Blink charging, it is trading right around $49.50. So again, when it comes to these names that you do not own yet, here's a little advice that I do. So a lot of people say, do I wait for a dip? Sometimes you don't get that opportunity. Tesla, for example, or Amazon. So if you're starting a new position or you're adding this, this stock to, the, to your portfolio and it's never been bought, it's the first time you ever buy it, just buy it, limit order, obviously, always do limit order, and right in the morning or in the afternoon when you want to buy it. Now, again, I do like to break up shares, meaning let's say if I want to spend $2,000 on Blink, I'll buy $500 day one, I'll buy $1,000 day two, and I'll buy $500 on day three. It doesn't have to be in consecutive days. You could break it up into weeks. Example, you could buy it all at once. You could buy, break it down. But again, the idea is to go and get, get the best price for yourself. So again, you want to see what is the best price moving forward. So again, breaking it up gives you a dollar cost average idea. So again, sometimes it may not be the best time to buy a company right away. Maybe you need to wait a little bit. Maybe you need to break it down a little bit. Uh, you know, a little bit of a dip here and there is nice. Again, I always say I like to buy on a nice discount, usually around four to eight to 10% on a big flush. It depends on the name, obviously. But again, a stock at one price and another price, I still like it. Again, I'm sticking with Blink. I'm going to go ahead and actually purchase some on a Monday. So that's it. Next on the list is DraftKings. Now, again, this is still part of the, of the thesis of Bitcoin betting and blunts. And this is the betting side, DraftKings. Incorporated. Now, DraftKings is a fantasy football or fantasy sports company. They have a lot of partnerships with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, teams in different uh, uh, professional sports. That's some growth opportunity. DraftKings now sports gambling has definitely expanded. It has definitely been more in the forefront now. Again, this is what keeps pro sports going. Fantasy football brought the NFL to the new billions of revenue where it is from the 90s. It's grown. And now with more technology, with more acceptance from different states of sports gambling, again, this is only going to grow. Again, more states are going to find ways, are going to need to find ways to increase revenue as less people are working. Again, uh, people are leaving different states. For example, people leaving New York to Florida uh, for business and tax purposes. But again, these states, there's different states that need to gain some tax revenue. What better way to do it than taxing vices? They do it like smoking. They'll do it with alcohol. They'll do it now with, with, uh, with uh, uh, gambling. So again, not every state has gambling yet. Now, again, will it be federally approved? Probably not. But again, different states have their own right, uh, have their own rules or their own laws. For example, Nevada. Nevada, we know, has casinos. So that for them, this is nothing to them. But a New York state that doesn't have actual casinos other than Indian reservations in certain parts of the upstate New York. But again, if you're in New York City and you want to go ahead and just put a little wager on the sports book on DraftKings, you can. But the great part is that DraftKings isn't beholden to just sports book, which again is a big revenue maker. 
But DraftKings is also part of fantasy sports. Again, you could still play and wager money on fantasy. For example, I do that with fantasy football, but I live in Florida, which does not have sports gambling legalized. So again, I could still play uh, my fantasy football, which I do every year on DraftKings. The interface is great. Customer service is fine. No issues here. And again, it's really fun. There's a lot of different games and you can go as little as a quarter, I mean, literally one quarter, 25 cents to as much money as you want, 200, $304,000 if you want. Obviously, you need to gamble within your means and use responsibly. But what a better way to enjoy sports than to actually put a little bit of fun in it, a little, little wager in there, maybe have a little skin in the game. Again, this is what brings in people together for sports. It gets the player involved into something that he was just watching before. A lot of people do like to do this. So again, DraftKings is a really great company that's going to have that forefront of growth for the gambling aspect, the vices. Again, we talked about the vices. So Bitcoin, betting, and blunts. I'll get into blunts soon, but the DraftKings itself has a lot of growth potential. And 52 weeks, they're up 40, nearly 400%. So a great company um, all around. Again, cash flow is up, balance sheet is up. 62, 69 times forward sales. Again, pretty expensive, but not as expensive as a blink. But again, a lot of growth there. Now, another company that you could also talk about, which I do own, is Penn Gaming, which also partners up with Barstool Sports. I'm sure you've heard of Barstool Sports. DraftKings does not have Barstool Sports partnership, but they do have partnerships with the NFL, the NBA. So DraftKings is more of the corporate side, and Penn is more of the on the more of the on the ground, let's just say, with more of the internet backing. So again, I love both. But DraftKings, I think, has a little more upside potential. This is why we picked them. And again, if the thesis is there that you know more states are going to legalize gambling and more of an acceptance of fantasy sports and sports book gambling, then DraftKings should be growing even more than it is than it has been. So that's DraftKings. Next on the list is Amazon. Now, Amazon, what more could I say about Amazon? It was one of our top 10 stocks, I believe, of 2020 as well. Uh, was that it? No, Amazon was not part of our list last year. No, it wasn't. Uh, so Amazon, I mean, what more can we say about Amazon that hasn't been said? Now, a lot of people may have said, may have say, well, Amazon doesn't really grow the way it used to. Probably. But again, <laughs> in a one year period, they're up 72%. So there is some growth there. P ratio 92 times on price to earnings, EPS growth around 34. Again, still solid. I mean, I've never heard of people other than 2020 or the 2000s say that 74% is underwhelming for a company. It's outperformed the S&P by nearly 60 basis points. So you're talking about a great company that's still really, really large, about the third largest on planet in the United States, nearly planet Earth, probably fourth behind uh, Microsoft, Apple, and I believe the Saudi Aramco. But again, for the most part, Amazon has it all. Amazon does it all. And, you know, obviously we know Amazon, you can look into two frames here. Are they a tech company that's a retail company or are they a retail company that does tech? So if you do both, if we talked about, oh, are they a retail company? They're still far and away the best. The only company that really can compete is Walmart. And if they are a tech company that does retail, what other company can they, can they really say that's like them. Maybe Shopify, which is a lot more expensive than Amazon. Growth, higher growth, mind you. But Amazon literally has it all. Now, when we talk about tech, Amazon is still the largest cloud company with AWS, larger than Microsoft's Azure. Amazon still one of the largest retailers other than Walmart. Walmart is only bigger. Now, the only reason that Walmart is bigger is because they have more of a physical imprint with the stores. Amazon doesn't have that physical imprint. Could they get into that? Yes, Absolutely. They do have the Amazon Fresh. They do have Twitch. They do have Twitch is the video gaming network that they have. Uh, Amazon has done um, has done partnerships with NFL where they have a Prime Video set up. I mean, they're literally going against everybody at war with everyone, and they have the cash and they have the growth potential. So there's still a lot more growth for Amazon. I mean, Christmas alone, how many times? And especially with the pandemic, how many people have bought on Amazon, especially this year? Very much so. I don't think I need to express upon the growth potential there. AWS alone, their company, again, people are saying or legislators have been saying that they may be a monopoly, but I don't think so. But even if they were and they broke up, they still have higher potential. AWS alone, if they were split from Amazon, 
Com, the company, they'd still be a Fortune 100 company. Their earnings are off the charts. They're still growing. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about a company that is absolutely mature and grown, but their revenue is growing at 25.81% clip. Cash flow is through the roof. Income is through the roof. Cash, the cash on hand is through the roof. Jeff Bezos has been an absolute monster. Price to earnings is 92. Price to sales only at four and a half. So again, price to cash, cash flow, 38. It's 38 times. Again, you're talking about with a company that is so mature, but it's still growing at an incredible rate. Now, there's some other names out there you can also get into. Wayfair, Etsy, eBay, Chewy, that's kind of in their peer group if you're talking about retail. But again, they don't have the same access, the same girth the way an Amazon does. Amazon is a cloud company as well, which is their big moneymaker. You would think the retail part is the big moneymaker. It's actually the cloud, AWS. That's why we love Amazon. We own Amazon and uh, we plan to add some more as well. So looking at Amazon, again, if you don't, more likely if you have an S&P 500 fund, Amazon's in it. So you probably already own it. But again, if you're looking to buy some Amazon, just in general, and you're looking around, again, anyway here, let me see if I can bring up a chart where I can see a good price to buy in. Since I already own this name, let me see if I can bring this up here on my Thinkorswim platform. Okay, so I haven't opened it this morning since we're still on holiday. So let's see if I can bring up a nice price to take a look at Amazon here as I'm loading uh, T Thinkorswim the platform. But yeah, I mean, Amazon has absolutely outperformed the broader market as tech has been the big winner in 2020. I mean, why not? Why wouldn't it be? I'm just logging in here. Okay. Okay. I, I for some reason, should be logging in now. Okay, I'm logging in now. I guess I typed in my password incorrectly on Thinkorswim. So I want to go ahead and get you a nice breakdown on the Amazon chart on the daily and maybe some maybe a nice target for you to guys get in if you guys wanted to. Um, let me see if I can bring this up here. And it's been a while for this platform to load. So let's go ahead and bring up Amazon on my screen. I'm gonna go and bring up a daily chart. I know you guys can't see, but I'll go ahead and describe it to you. And I've definitely been ranging now since August. So again, I have an alert at 2865. 2865 would be a great place to buy in here. Uh, if you can get there, 3000 would be amazing too. So I think at 3000, I'll go ahead and buy an, a couple of shares of Amazon. Again, it's an expensive name. Now there's one thing people have not talked about with Amazon. If they wanted to raise money, honestly, they could go the Apple and the Tesla route and do a stock split. I'm not saying it will be done in 2021, but it could be. We didn't know that Apple would do it. We didn't definitely didn't know Tesla would do it. And Amazon has done two splits before. So that's another thing to take a look at guys. Again, we saw what happened after Apple and Tesla did their stock split, they soared. Now Apple did come back down a little bit and that's actually the next stock to talk about. But again, Amazon is a winner. You stick with it, 3,000 or below, I think it's a good price to get in. Next here, uh, number five on our list is good old Apple. Apple Apple is now trading at 131.97 per share. All time high is 137.98 per share. We do know we had a stock split in 2020. Apple, what more can we say with Apple? The thing that has changed the Apple, that changed the game that we added was the fact that you're going to get into EV. I think we talked about that, blink. But EV, electric vehicles, Apple is going to be in the forefront. It's going to go and get in. They missed the boat on Tesla. We talked about that for years. If you've been an old follower of ours, that Apple should have bought Tesla years ago, but they didn't. Even Elon offered it and he didn't, and they didn't take it. But Apple, I guess, is going to go ahead and compete. There's one thing we know about Apple is this. They're never first. They're never first on anything. You know this, right? Walkman was before iPad. Uh, Palm Pilot was a first touchscreen before Apple. Uh, Apple iPhone. Remember, Nokia's were big. Uh, Android still sell more handsets than Apple. But again, the bellwether for, uh, for music players is still the iPod. The bellwether for phones is still I iPhone. The bellwether for tablets. What do we say tablets anymore? It's iPad. What about headphones? Headphones is AirPods. Everyone knows AirPods. Now, personally, I am wearing the Beats by Dre Power Beats, which are amazing. And again, Apple bought Beats by Dre. They're amazing. So again, 
in the headphone space, there's no one that competes with Apple. I mean, I guess Bose, if you want to talk Bose, if you're a traveler and you want some noise canceling, but then Apple brought out their uh, their uh, AirPods Pro. So again, Apple is never the first, but they perfect. Tesla may be not be the first electric vehicle, but they're number one right now in terms of sales. Now, here's the here's the tricky part. Does Apple create an EV vehicle that's better than a Tesla? That will provide te- pressure on a Tesla stock. But again, Tesla's more than just an electric vehicle company. We know this. There's a technology company, have a lot of patents. They have SpaceX too. Uh, but again, when it comes to Apple, we know one thing about Apple, tons of cash, tons of cash, great researchers, great technology. If there's a company that can invest their capital into a new growing market, it is Apple and it is EV. Again, tons of opportunity for an, for a company like Apple to grow. Now, we probably think to ourselves, Carlos, Apple has been an absolute a monster. And it's pretty mature as a company. It's the largest company on planet Earth in terms of market cap. And it's up 77% year to date was our top 10 of 2020. So why are we sticking with it? There's still more growth potential on an Apple. There's still more growth potential in this company. The EV that they're going to get into, which they reported just last week, that is a monster of news. That is huge. So again, that's a company. If you own an S&P fund, you already own Apple. Apple is actually my largest position in my portfolio. One of my IRA, I have an IRA where every the whole 99% of the, the money in it is in Apple shares, literally in Apple shares. I just bought Apple. I used to have Verizon. I sold it. I got the dividend and I put it into Apple and Apple has definitely been paying off dividends for me. And they also pay a dividend, guys. Keep in mind, Apple does return some money to shareholders, 0.62%. It's something and you still get growth. Think about it. It is performed better than an Amazon and provides a dividend that Amazon does not and has more cash than Amazon. So again, Apple, still the bellwether, still the growth king. I think you stick with it. I think you stick with it long-term. It's a little pricey. PE ratio is at 40. It's a little pricier now. But again, we know where the revenues come from. Their big revenue driver now, it's not the iPhones. An iPhone, obviously, I just bought the new iPhone, the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which is amazing, mind you. So again, they're still selling phones. The really big driver a lot of people don't really talk about is the services sector. The services, again, the cloud, the music, the the Apple TV, again, all that stuff that you're going to add when you own your Apple phone. Again, if you own an Apple phone, there's so many things you need to buy after that. Again, you want the cloud, you want the protection, you want the, the Apple TV if you want that. Again, Apple Store, they make money off that too. You gotta get those apps, right? So again, Apple is still, the key is still that phone. It's still that way to hook you in the company and the ecosystem is amazing. As an Apple head, personally, I've used, I have a lot of Apple products. Um, I have the watch, I have the phone. Again, just me being weird, but again, and it comes to investing, guys, it's very important to understand that you want to invest in companies that you actually consume, that you actually use. Again, it's very important. Again, this is what keeps you in the name when things get a little wild, when things go a little crazy. Remember, Apple in March, split adjusted, was at $53 a share. $53 a share at the lows in March. Again, if you were dollar cost averaging and you were just buying every week or every two weeks or every month, or you're still doing your 401k, you're doing okay after now. You're doing pretty good. So the all-time high is 137.98. If you were looking to buy in, 120 would be great. That's your 50-day moving average on the daily. Or, I mean, I honestly think any price is good for Apple. Again, I love dips personally. So again, January 1, it will be the new year. So if you have an IRA, you could contribute another 6,000. Uh, if you have a traditional IRA, t- check in with your tax professional as well. Make sure I will be buying more Apple shares in that IRA right on the 1st of January, well, when the markets are open. Well, that being said, the next one on the board, number six, THCX, the cannabis ETF. Now, I've said this, Bitcoin betting blunts. Remember I said that? I said that a couple of months ago. And I said with the new election, with everything with everything changing more at the vice aspect of the betting and blunts, blunts mean cannabis. Again, a, lot of, a, a couple of states actually uh, um, legalized marijuana for medical use or recreational use. Again, many states do have that. So again, if we bring up the recreational states, so let's go ahead and I'm going to Google legalized cannabis states and I can go ahead and get actual, get a map. So looking at here, there's really only one, two, three, six states that have fully legal, it's fully legal 
cannabis is illegal. Like you cannot smoke it for medical reasons or for recreational use. Nothing. Six states. The six states are Idaho, Wyoming, Kansas, Tennessee, Alabama, and South Carolina. Now, all what are these uh, what are all these states have in common? They tend to be very conservative. They're very conservative states. They all vote red, which is I, I can't say that there's a a kind of an aspect of the GOP that just hates cannabis. No, I, I don't think that's that similar. But again, it's something consistently that you see that a more conservative movement tends to be anti-cannabis. Now it is the now the couple of states that do have mixed, like a Texas is mixed. Um, a lot of these Republican states do have it medicinal. But let's talk about the states that do have it legalized. Again, Arizona, fully legal. Nevada, fully legal. California, Alaska, which is conservative. Oregon, Washington state. Montana, which is a conservative state, legal. South Dakota, conservative state, legal. Illinois, legal. Michigan, legal. New Jersey, legal. Massachusetts, fully legal. Vermont, fully legal. Maine, fully legal. Now, these are the states in the Northeast that are tend to be a little more liberal. Now, more states here, Florida, for example, where I live, medicinal is, is uh, it's a medicinal. So you can buy it for, with a prescription. And of course, if you, and I've, I've driven by where I live, which is in Rockledge, that has these dispensaries and I've driven past them and they are packed. Those parking lots are packed. There's a lot of them in my area. So there's demand there for cannabis. Now, mind you, what is the biggest lobbyist against cannabis legalization? It is two companies. It's the drug companies and it's alcohol. With another vice, don't drink this. I mean, don't take that, drink this, you know, sort of thing. So again, is there more growth potential for a cannabis? Yes, there is a lot more growth potential. They just voted in the House to decriminalize cannabis. It passed the House. Will it pass in the Senate is really the next question. We do have a Senate runoff in, in Georgia. Georgia does have, is not decriminalized, it's not decriminalized with cannabis, but their legal status is mixed, meaning medical is legal in Georgia. As I, I'm looking at this website called DISA. So let me go ahead and make sure legal status, CBD oil is, is legalized in Georgia. I stand corrected. Is it decriminalized? No. So they have a, they have a Senate runoff, two Senate seats. If they do, if the Democrats win both Senate seats, they will have a majority in the Senate with Kamala Harris being the vice president, the president of the Senate, 50-50, they have the tiebreaker. We do know that Kamala Harris has said on record that she would like to decriminalize cannabis. Is it a possibility? Yes. Will it happen? Maybe. Is this the only reason to buy cannabis? No. It's not a bet. It's not a binary bet on whether we legalize or not, but we're seeing the currents of the, of the actual society moving towards a cannabis acceptance and it's more of a not a huge deal anymore it doesn't have the the uh you know the the embellishment that we used to have with the you know the old movies with the cannabis being a craze and was it called reefer madness excuse me reefer madness where people would say that it would change you it would turn you to this turn you to that now it's more accepted it's more accepted now so again if you're someone that consumes cannabis again i'm pretty sure you can you can attest to this it's not really a drug in a sense if it's not in a way that it does affect your mood, but so does alcohol. So again, it's more of a vice than anything else. It's a vice that has been accepted more over time. I think that you stick with THCX. Why do I say THCX? It's because they own multiple companies. Now, the problem is that if you own one company of a cannabis company, you're beholden to that company, whether it's bad management, whether it's dilution of shares, whether it's they get bought out or they buy someone out. Again, it's tough. I say this the same thing with the biotech companies, with the vaccine companies. It's hard to pick a horse. Let's just own all the horses. So for example, with THCX, which is the uh, cannabis ETF, and you can, you can feel free to check out their perspective on their website. They own Village Farms International, Grow Generation Corp, Atria, uh, Aurora Cannabis, Canopy Growth, Kronos, GW Pharmaceuticals, Tilray, Scott's Miracle Grow and Charlotte Webb Holdings. Uh, so again, they have those those ten cannabis companies where they can make the money based on all of them collectively going together. It's the, it's a diversified way to invest in a sector that looks to be growing based on societal changes and human behavior. So again, it's it's incredible to see this map how it's changed in regards to. 
fully legalized, med medicinal, and what have you. Again, we don't have an election in 2021, but again, we do have a runoff election that could be big. Now, again, I think regardless of who wins the election or what have you, I still think that having a Democratic president could lead to more of a push to maybe relaxing some of these federal laws towards cannabis and maybe uh, uh, any kind of DEA uh, issues with cannabis possession or what have you. We'll see again. But again, I do like THCX long term. I do own it. If you're looking for a price to get in, I think anything below 936 is a great price. But again, it is breaking out on the daily chart. 1429 is the yearly highs. Should be able to break that. Let's take a look. Next on the board here, and this was a really tough one for me, NVIDIA. NVIDIA, I do love long-term. NVIDIA is an amazing company, a growth company, provides a very small dividend. But if you're up with the stock, you're 52 weeks, you're up nearly 130%. I don't think you're complaining. PE ratio is pretty high, but NVIDIA, semiconductors. I've been bullish on semiconductors for years now. The hardest part was to determine whether AMD or NVIDIA. Both are fine. Let me make that clear. Both are fine. I think NVIDIA is a little better over time. Again, just for the fact that they do pay a dividend, they do have a lot of cash on hand. Their fundamentals are absolutely incredible. EPS, 32%, revenue growth of 18.45%. In the past five years, their dividend has grown 13.49%. They're a great company and they're only going to go higher, in my opinion. Again, with more technology growing, with more semiconductors being in high demand, again, NVIDIA is still the bellwether. Again, I have no issue with owning AMD. AMD is great as well. But again, I like for the books wise, NVIDIA is a little better in my opinion, slightly. It's between choosing two children. I love NVIDIA long-term. Again, NVIDIA does make the AI supercomputer. Again, it's all about AI here. Again, we're still focusing on growth, artificial intelligence. Again, their GPUs, the multi-core central processing units. Again, they drive supercomputing for mobile gaming, entertainment devices, as well as autonomous robots, drones, and cars. Big. So again, NVIDIA is more of an investment into autonomous vehicles, which may be looking at Uber, maybe looking at a Tesla, Apple, maybe. So again, take a look at NVIDIA. That'd be the one I'm choosing. Again, both are great. NVIDIA or AMD, I'm not against you owning both. I own both. Again, NVIDIA. I mean, there's more, more can we say about a great company like them since I'm running out of time. DAL, Delta Airlines. Okay. Now this is where I got someone saying, what about Boeing? Boeing is beholden to that 737 MAX. Right, we know that. Again, one bad headline, they could take a we could take a hit. But they sell airlines to, to uh, airplanes to multiple companies. They also sell defense prop, defense weaponry. So again, a little more diversified. But Delta, Delta, for example, if we can get this vaccine going, which it already has been released, the question is, will we have a return to normalcy? Will we have an unleashment of travel? Will we have an unleashment of people wanting to get out of their home? I say yes. Again, this is a bet. I hate to say a bet on a return to normalcy to people wanting to travel. Now, Delta has fared better, better than most of the airlines. I do like Southwest as well. Now, EPS, 56.41% growth, earnings per share in the past five years. Revenue share, uh, revenue the past five years, obviously this year has been really bad, 3%. Now, the question is, in peer comparison to other airlines, again, all of them are down in the year 2020. We know this. Their margins are a little less, but their revenue growth, their earnings growth, again, they have earnings growth of 56%. That's the key. Again, they are far and away better than any of their peers, whether it's American, which is at a negative earnings growth, and United Airlines, which is at 31.62%. Again, I want to see earnings growth. That's the key. Again, are they bringing in revenue? Are they bringing in earnings? That's what I want to see. Profit-taking can be changed with laying off people or what have you. But are they bringing in sales? And Delta is. They are the largest market cap airline in comparison to United, American, Alaska, and JetBlue. So again, in regards to Delta, Delta has been underperforming Alaska and JetBlue for the year, 52 weeks. But again, a longer term, it is a bet on that we will get a vaccine. The vaccine is already done, that it will be fine that people will return to traveling and Delta is one of the better ones out there. They do have international, they have domestic, and a lot of people want to get the hell out of their house. So Delta would be the bellwether for me. I do own the stock. Anything above 43.93, I will be buying some more. Again, that's higher than the current market price, but that'd be the return of that fill, fill of the gap on the daily chart from March, where we had the second leg of that flush. 
If there's another level that you're looking at, it's 35 or below, I'd be adding some more there as well. So I do think Delta has a lot more room to the upside as they grow, as uh, the growth potential is really based on lockdown being over and people back to traveling. And then we get done with this COVID stuff. Again, a lot, of, you're talking about a very, very high growth potential on a DAL. This can literally go from 39 to 62, which was the January highs. That's a pretty big move. Again, a lot of upside for DAL. Next, again, I'm running out of time here. So again, I'm keeping that on the clock. I only got a couple more minutes. So we're gonna kind of move it quickly. Square, square is the next one, number nine, square. Now, I didn't add any banks this go around. Why? Because interest rates are so low. Interest rates do hurt banks. They hurt margins. But if there was a bank I do love is JP Morgan and I own it. Square, 52 weeks, it's up about 250%. 250%, their PE ratio is pretty high, 493%. Why Square? Square is another play on Bitcoin, crypto. We know that. They do move that. But again, when it comes to banking, now banking is more electronic. No branches, peer-to-peer, -peer, cash app. Square is the way to go. Square and PayPal, those are the two that I do love. I own both, but Square has higher potential with their crypto. Again, they've been doing it before PayPal. And I do think Square with their cash app, it is the best way to transfer money between people. Again, cash app is kind of a way... Uh, the way Bitcoin was supposed to be with fiat. So again, Square is really literally getting to the point of almost training individuals, a younger set of individuals. It's the anti-bank bank. You know, again, it's fintech, financial technology. And they're the, bell, they're, they're the bellwether. There's a lot more growth to the upside with Bitcoin going up crypto. And again, they're the electronic bank way to go. PayPal and Square, but I think Square has the more upside potential. We know Jack, uh, Jack Dorsey, who is the CEO of Square and Twitter, maybe there's some integration they could do forward. But again, they're really big into Bitcoin, which is what I really, really like. And again, that is the way to go when it comes to the uh, banking online. Again, I know people have regular banks. I do too. But uh, having a cash app is a good way to buy crypto as well. And they do make money on those fees. So again, Square has a lot of upside potential. And then we're not even talking about small business growth. Again, once we reopen up, Again, the economy, once it does, and we start getting back to where we are, where we were in regards to, you know, people shopping again. I'm all, I know people were shopping at Christmas, but again, Square has been that way for small businesses to accept credit cards, accept gift cards, to provide gift cards and to do any kind of uh, payments and stuff like that. So Square does have a lot of small business footprint, uh, maybe not as much as a PayPal, but again, Square does do a great job. And they also do, they also have lending facilities. So again, they do help uh, small businesses as well. So again, if you're bullish on small business and Bitcoin and, and more electronic uh, banking, Square is the one to go. And Square has a lot more upside. Uh, Walmart is our last one. Now, Walmart. Now you're probably saying to yourself, well, Carl's really retail? Walmart? Walmart is changing the game when it comes, they're, they're catching up when it comes to e-commerce. Now, the only reason the stock went down lately was because there were some, uh, there were some issues with uh, the opiates and the, uh, the federal government's charging Walmart of, you know, perpetuating the op uh, opioid pandemic, meaning Oxycontin and all that stuff, you know, prescription drugs. Well, Walmart is a behemoth of a company, the largest retailer on planet Earth. And you probably think to yourself, well, you know, what are they doing so well? Well, again, their e-commerce is coming up and they're really competing with an Amazon with their own kind of monthly or yearly plan of this, their, their own prime. Again, you can pick up products from the parking lot. You can, uh, you know, curbside check or whatever. They, it's called curbside pickup. And again, they also do groceries. They have a bigger footprint of groceries than Target. Now, again, what we want to look at a, at a company is that are they a one-stop shop? And Walmart is. You know, you have your retail side. Again, you could buy whatever you need. Uh, clothes, you have electronics, you have anything. And then you also have the grocer side. And then you also have Sam's Club, which is the their wholesale brand, which is the Costco type. So they're again, just like an Amazon, they're fighting a lot of a lot of different companies. So why not own a company that has, that does it all like an Amazon? And Walmart is only gonna grow with their e-commerce platform. They're doing very well. They tapped an all time high, I believe, of 153.66 back in November. Now it would be nice to see exactly where they came, where, they, where they've, uh, they've gotten to in regards to the holiday shopping, that's something that remains to be seen. We'll probably see on their conference call and their earnings report. But Walmart is definitely a play here, again, for a more return to the American way, let's just say, consumption uh, uh, post-pandemic. So again, a lot of this here, for example, Square, Walmart, Delta, 
again, these are companies that are really betting that we get back on our feet when it comes to pandemic. And it will end. The question is when. When will it end? So again, once we do, we're going to see this unleashment of, of commerce, people traveling, people shopping, people doing whatever they got to do because they've been staying home, depending if you're on lockdown states. Now, again, this is a big deal because a lot of companies, there's a lot of money on the sideline out there. A lot of people saving money that are employed, obviously. And, you know, they want to kind of consume their way back to normal. <laughs> so that's a good one. I got to say consume their way back to normal. It's so true. Consume their way back to normal. So remember that consume their way back to normal. So that I really do like Walmart here long term. And I think it does break that 153.66 high. 160.180 could happen by the end of the year of 2021. Again, more online presence. The name, the, the game has changed. It's really online shopping. But to have a store presence as well for your groceries, people still like to shop in person. Of course, get out of the house. With a post-pandemic, maybe vaccine does work. Walmart will be the beneficiary. Amazon doesn't have many, many, many stores. The only thing that Walmart doesn't have that Amazon does is your cloud computing. But Walmart still does, this still has a bigger footprint than Amazon, and they are coming in for the kill. They're coming in to compete with that Amazon Prime. So big stuff to come with Walmart, and that's why we like it. Well, you know, that's our top 10. I'll repeat it one more time. Bitcoin, Blink, DraftKings, Amazon, Apple, uh, Cannabis ETF, which is THCX, uh, NVIDIA, Delta, Square, and Walmart. So 10 companies. That's the ones we like. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. There's a lot to go through. Again, I only had 60 minutes to go through it. I'm right around the 52-minute mark. So I don't want to bore you to death. But again, those are our top 10 stocks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you do like it, make sure to subscribe. It's free of charge. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter and more great things to come. Again, let's have a great 2021. I'm sure it will be better than a 2020 that we had this year. So let's go ahead and have a great one. I wish you and your family a very happy and safe new year. And we're back at it on a new 2021. Uh, not this week coming up, but the next one. So it should be fun. Catch you guys later, guys. My name is Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this. And we'll catch you on the next podcast.